Welcome to the New Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you are encouraged by this message by Pastor Tom Sturgis. We're going to look at the two passages of Scripture. I'm going to point out a couple of things, and, uh, and then we're going to wrap this up, and we're going to give thanks together. All right? Ephesians chapter 5, verses 18 through 20. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. This, has, through the years, has become a go-to verse for when, when attempting to build a case for teetotaling, if you will. It's one of those many passages of Scripture, but that really isn't the point that Paul's making. He mentions the capacity of wine. Listen, what does it do? do don't, don't be drunk. Uh, I'll never forget the definition. Uh, by definition, in police work, drunk is being having some chemical substance that removes you or places you beyond the control of your normal physical and mental faculties. That's the working definition of drunk. Of course, we all have other definitions. Um, but beyond the normal physical and mental capacities, it contrasts in a moment with that being filled with the Spirit. And the subtle undertone that one can hardly miss is this. It is the spirit that seeks to take us to a place where we can act beyond the limitations of our normal physical and mental faculties. That is the life God has called us to live in. And that's a powerful contrast. But we're going to come back to this. By the way, don't be drunk with the spirit or or, uh, drunk with the wine, excuse me, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the spirit. The word dissipation is from the word that means to destroy. In other words, all it does is bring more destruction. Now, if you've ever known or been around anyone that has been stuck in addiction, you'll know that that addiction is perpetual. In other words, it only gets worse and worse and worse and worse. It only brings more destruction, deception. The person is convinced. uh, My working definition for addiction is being convinced that there is a virtual reality that can be found in a bottle or a needle or something, and it finds its roots in the Garden of Eden, that there is another reality beyond the reality that God would bring, but that cannot be sustained. Sin was the ultimate first addiction, and that reality can never be sustained in a like fashion. Neither can alcohol, drugs, or any foreign substance sustain a reality. In the strictest of senses, it goes away in four to six or eight hours or or whatever the case may be, okay? But it brings destruction. We're going to come back to that. Verse 19 says, But speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. That word, uh, I've taken times in the past to break down the difference between those three. I won't do that here this morning. But I want to focus on spiritual. And through the years, those of you that have been here have heard me teach on this term spiritual and how a I say a mentor of mine, I've never met him, but his writing has probably influenced me as much as any, uh, Dr. Gordon Fee, and he wrote an entire work dealing with every time the word spirit or spiritual appears in the writings of the Apostle Paul. A PhD PhD in textual criticism, he builds a compelling case for how when these words show up with a little s, most likely, and 99% of the time, they should be presented with a large or uppercase S, which would make this speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spirit or Holy Spirit songs. That is, our song becomes empowered by the Holy Spirit and begins to do certain things. We will see what those certain things are when we read the parallel passage from Colossians. Now, but we begin to act on the basis of being full and filled with the Spirit, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Please get that. 
How many know the means by which we assess our circumstances are our mind? We dissect them mentally, we describe them logically, and then they begin to impact us emotionally. But Paul tells us here that acts of praise and worship, they start beyond the mind. They start in a realm that we refer to generally as the heart or the soul, if you will. And why is that important? Because there are times that if you were to say, I'm going to praise God in the face of my circumstances, everyone look at me, there, it will never make sense. It will never be something that can be mentally decided and say, I understand it makes sense that I'm going to praise God. In our mind, it will not make sense. Look at somebody and say, boy, I know that's right. Go ahead and tell them that. But it starts out there in this land. When we begin to do it, if we can take that step of faith, he says, making melody in our heart. And that's important that we get there, that this act of thankfulness and praise and worship, but thanks starts and begins, starts somewhere beyond what would make sense in our mind. That's an important notion. Always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. There's something I wanted to focus on this morning, but I don't have time to, which is a new discovery for me. In both this passage and in uh, Colossians 3, the parallel passage that Paul wrote, we're going to see that phrase. The name of the Lord Jesus. That's a statement of authority. It means the span of control or influence or authority. And sometime soon, I want to come back on how praise and worship and thankfulness invites the authority of God into our life. I'm going to come back to that. This morning, I'm going to try to restrain myself. Now, I want you to look ahead with me, if you will, to Colossians chapter 3. And uh, I'm shuffling my pages because it all shuffled for me just in minutes for as I was walking out here. Uh, Colossians chapter 3, let the word of Christ richly dwell in you. Again, we've, within you, we've studied this before, with all wisdom, teaching, admonishing. Everyone say admonishing. This means to set in the mind, admonishing one another. Now listen, this setting in the mind is, is an act done by me that affects another, admonishing one another. So when I begin to worship and give thanks, it sets something in the mind of one another. Now compare this to the previous verse where it said, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. One of the teachings on this passage talks about worship. It begins in the spirit. It begins in the realm of the spirit as a work of the spirit, but it is done to each other. In other words, Please listen. I want you to say this back to me, even though I'm not including it. It's an important part of the big picture of worship. Um, Worship, New Testament worship, the object is always God. The target is me or you. What does that mean? We worship God. We worship God not because he needs it. Worth shaping, shaping the worth means to shape the worth of a thing. God is essentially, intrinsically, By essence, he is holy and complete and doesn't need anything. How many are glad to know that God doesn't have a bad day? He doesn't wake up on the wrong side of the bed. He doesn't have moments of depression. Uh, I love the way that uh, the prophet Elijah said in 1 Kings when he was reestablishing worship, he said he doesn't take a bathroom break. I love that. 
He said he doesn't take a bathroom break. God just doesn't disappear. I am so glad to know that. So I want to say this. God is the object, but we are the target. Why is that? As I begin to invite his worth to the center of my life, I'm affected, not him. That's why. So when we begin to sing with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing to, speaking to one another. Colossians says we are to admonish or set in the mind. I'm going to build a case for this. Speaking to one another. Excuse me. Let the word of Christ dwell, uh, richly dwell within you, all wisdom and teaching, admonishing one another. Here it comes again. Psalms and hymns and spirit songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts. Now, typically, the word that shows up is thankfulness, and I just took for granted I don't know why I double-checked it this morning. It's a typical word that sounds like the word we use for Eucharist or coming to the table of the Lord, Eucharisto. But this word right here is straight-up grace, charis. Watch now. He said, admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts. Now, it's here I'm going to start. I want everyone to just hang with me. I think we're going to walk away with something here today. And... and that something is going to be renewed within us. Amanda, I'm giving you the heads up one more week for that grace. Uh, I, I want to talk for that grace PowerPoint. I want you to see we originate our understanding of grace in Romans chapter 5 where it says where sin, remember sin is finding worth outside of God, where sin seeks to squeeze us and define our worth. Romans 5 says that the grace of God overbounds and pushes back. I would challenge you, I did this, I've done this, the 183 or so times that the word grace shows up in the Bible, just stick in there, push back, and see how much fun you have with it. I love it where it plays, he says, but uh, it refers to the Holy Spirit in Hebrews, he says, it's the spirit of grace, just stick in there, he's the spirit of pushback. What is he pushing back? Let's run that right now, if you would, Amanda, quickly. Here's you and me, in the center of our world, that's the boundary of our life, our world We can say, well, does that person have a big world or a little world? However you might measure it, here's our life. Then sin, that that lie that began in the Garden of Eden, seeks to make our world small and squeeze us in. But where it does, it says here, but grace abounds, overabounds, pushes back, and it doesn't just stop at the boundary that sin started from. It's always growing. So here's the good news. As long as we're in this world, listen, sin is going to be pushing against you, which means what? As long as we're in this world and sin is pushing against me, grace is going to be overabounding. So how do I appropriate this grace? The good news for you, I've got the answer for you. This is one of the many ways, but here it comes right now. Back to Colossians. Singing with grace in your hearts. Now, if you feel like the world is squeezing the stuffing out of you, Appropriate pun for two days after Thanksgiving. Here's the good news for you. When I think about the Lord, how he saved me, how he raised me. Or how about something? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. I love When we sing a song, God is enthroned. And here's the good news. Why does it bring grace? There's only one place in the Bible where God gives his throne a name. It's in Hebrews 4, and he says it's a throne of grace. So if in keeping to 
Jesus loves me, this I know. When I don't have another song. Years ago, I wrote a song called Audience of One. So I'll sing when no one listens. I'll sing when no one hears. I'll sing because I know my song will always find God's ears. When it seems I am alone and all is gone, if I have nothing but a song, there'll be an audience of one. Who's the audience of one? God is enthroned on the praises of his people. Put your name in the blank. God is enthroned on the praises of Tom. Why is that important? Because that throne is a throne that's set up in the middle of my life. I invite that throne. It's a throne of grace. And grace does what we would expect it to do. That, that's why we come in the name of the Lord. We invite the authority of grace to come into the world that is trying to squeeze the very life right out of me. But I step into that moment and say, Father, this is wrong and that's wrong and this relationship and that job and this finance and the world around me is crazy. But when I think about the Lord, how he saved me. Now you can ask me today, do you really do that? And the answer, I'll look you right in the face and God, the Holy Spirit will witness this. Yes, I do. Why? Because it makes sense. I don't wait for it to make sense to sing a song of praise. I do it out of obedience. Now, I'm going to give you four principles that sort of come together from all these things. But let me tell you two other things that I have written here. In contrast, I said this to you earlier. Do you remember? Don't be drunk with wine, but it contrasts worship and thankfulness over against that, for that is destruction. Thanklessness... Listen to me. Look, find somebody who has a hard time being thankful, who's negative and thankless. Thanklessness is an addiction to negativity. Thanklessness is an addiction to negativity. Somebody needs to be writing that down or saying it to somebody near them. Thanklessness is an addiction to negativity. And what does it do? It destroys. It takes life. It doesn't give it. Thankfulness is the absolute refusal to allow my circumstances to have the last word. That is huge. Paul said, I'm in jail. Ho! But remember Jesus Christ, descendant of David, risen from the dead, brought the promise, and though I may be in prison, God's word is never in chains. That's why in, no oh, Acts 26, I think, I could be wrong. He's with Silas. They've been beaten, chained, beaten, chained, beaten, chained, in a prison. And at midnight, at midnight, he doesn't say to Silas, all we've done is try to share the Jesus Christ with people and they're beating us. Where's God in all of this? God can handle that, by the way. If you don't believe me, read the book of Habakkuk. God can handle your objections. But about midnight, Paul says, hey, I, I, I know something that will change our circumstances. What's that? Just follow me. Thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you. 
I just want to thank you. Now, see, a lot of you think I'm the preacher guy that puts on a suit or whatever, and I'm supposed to walk out here and do this. But I'm telling you I do this, and I'm telling you if you don't, you're a fool. You can say, well, I don't have the answer. See, here's the good news. You may not have the specific thing you're needing to resolve your circumstances, but what every person has is a song of praise they can put on their lips right now. Right now. You can think, well, my life would be better if I had this, I have that, I had this. Paul in jail at midnight. I know he's not singing thank you, Lord. That's an Andre Crouch song. I know that. I know he's not singing, great is thy faithfulness. And that's what he wrote in 2 Timothy. God, two verses later, he'd say, if I'm faithless, God's still faithful. Chain, 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 chain. Shaking them. God's still faithful. Shaking the chains. Great is thy faithfulness. I just thought of something. (laughs) Moved my hand like that. I had a flashback. This is the spiritual gift of ADD. Growing up in churches where people would always bring a tambourine, and the person who brought the tambourine most assuredly could not keep time. (laughs) And as a musician, you know, it's like, you know, they were all worshiping and acting like they're in, and I would watch them knowing that what I was seeing could not be real because God would not bless anything like that, you know. (laughs) So now I just did that, shook my hand like that, and I thought about Paul making his change of tambourine. That's a funny thing I could have a lot of fun with. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning in thee. You even have the audacity to sing at midnight. Now, let me show you what happens. There's four things that happen when thankfulness is released. And you've looked at them all four here. I'm going to give them to you as takeaways today. You will want them. And if you want them, email me, text me, whatever. I've given away my email address and my phone number, and I will send them to you because you need to go for anybody who ever considered, or has, like me, has never considered having a tattoo. I'm about to suggest for the first time in my life that you go and have these tattooed somewhere on your body. You can see them or in verse letters on your forehead. Okay? Number one. You got those for me, Amanda? Thankfulness. It engages the spirit. Watch this. Number two. It releases grace. Everybody remember that study? Thankfulness engages the spirit. Why is that important? Because I invite the authority and divinity of something that's bigger than me and beyond me. I begin to move in a realm that is beyond me. Watch. Well, I wish I had another graphic that's in my mind right now. If I begin to engage the spirit out there beyond my mind and my soul, and he begins coming back at me through my spirit, see body, soul, mind, spirit, okay? He begins coming back at, he's going to come back this way, and he's going to begin to land someplace else. Watch here, okay? Now, let's do that again. Giving thanks engages the spirit, releases grace. It starts in the heart, but it lands in my mind, ends in my mind. Leave those there. Take, I just gave you the scripture for it. You need to not take my word for it. You need to take God's word for it. Thankfulness engages the spirit. The moment I do that, thankfulness, 
It engages the spirit of God out there beyond my mind, beyond my emotions, and he begins working back to me from his side of the equation. It releases grace and begins to push back and take the pressure and something happens around me and it feels as though my word is, that my world <clears throat> is getting bigger. And of course, the end to the story of Paul at midnight is that the chains fell out, fell off and the prison doors opened. It starts at the heart, but it ends in my mind. I loved on the road to Emmaus when Jesus was ministering to the disciples after the resurrection and he began and they were blind to who he was and he was telling them story and they were still trapped in the negativity of it all. But it said when he broke the bread and poured the wine, Eucharista, grace was released to them. When he gave thanks, it said their eyes were open and watch what they said. They couldn't understand it. They didn't say, didn't our minds burn within us? They said, didn't our hearts burn within us? Okay? Now, I'm done. Everybody stand up. I will sing when no one listens. I will sing when no one hears. You know this, don't you? I will sing because I know my song will always find God's ears. What key is amazing grace? G? Okay, good. When it seems I am alone and all is gone. I have nothing but my soul there'll be an audience of one he's enthroned on my praise and face to face I offer him my song he just holds my face and listens to my song like I'm his audience of one face to face I offer him my song this is amazing grace I thank you Lord I found unfailing love I can trust you because you came and took my place and you bore my cross. You laid down your life that I could be set free. The only thing I sing about all that you've done for me. Bow your heads right now. This is a, a very sacred and sincere moment. Because I want you to know that the question I'm about to ask, I'm going to be the first one to raise my hand in sincerity. And that was the moment I had with God this morning when he pointed out to me how I was focusing on 
and watch. Okay, lift your head. You got to see me. Look this way. I was so focused on trying to fix the problems around me. Because I'm, I don't, I'm not one that surrenders to circumstance. I, you know, until I breathe my last breath, I'm going to be doing something to try and change the circumstance. You know? And when all else fails, pray. Right? That, that's tragic, isn't it? That's how I come to God all the time. Lord, I've done everything I can do. Do you think you can hook a brother up? You know? uh, my wife, on the other hand, she prays first, then works. I, I, just, I really want that to rub off. But the problem is, when you try to fix them and focus and focus, pretty soon the problem becomes the point of reference. So You know what? You don't need to bow your heads because I'm going to raise my hand. And this morning, the Lord pointed out to me how I allowed the problems to become my point of reference. Circumstances, stuff. But this morning, God just spoke to me and I thought, and just these little things in Scripture, I'd never taught on this before in this fashion. It was just boom, boom, boom. And I go, oh, oh my goodness. So I just want to ask a question. Who here today, while I've been sharing this word, I'm going to put my hand up, would, would join me and say, oh, dude, I, I didn't realize how much it was influencing me. Just go ahead and raise your hand. It's okay. Oh, yeah, see, there, there's a lot. It happens. We live in this world where stuff gets on us. We do. But Father, I pray for all of us with hands raised right now. In oath and covenant, Father, sincerely I profoundly, uh, I, if I can, whatever weight I could add to these words, Lord, for each of us here, may we be infected to walk from here. May we be infected that we would practice it on, on someone today, our spouse, our children, our parents, that we would take this uplifted hand confession and we would do something with it. Around just with someone. Okay, now now put your hands down. Uh, here, here comes the sort of Protestant version of the Catholic confessional. Here, I, I think we're missing something. You go in and confess, and they say, "Okay, go go sell say uh, seventeen Our Fathers and and ten Hail Marys." See, Protestants, we don't get anything to do. So I'm going to give you something to do. Look at the person next to you and say, beware, you're about to become Catholic. Okay, no, 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 no. It's, it's okay. I want you to find somebody today, somebody today, and say, listen, and, and if it's somebody that's with you, they'll get it. Maybe you want to do it before you leave, but today, today, today. Father, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would bring it back to our minds like a splinter in our brain that we'd be prompted to do this somewhere today. And see, even if you don't, even if that, maybe it's someone outside here, that's great. You, you're going to go find them and you're going to say, listen, I, I need to do this. You may not understand. Come here, Hans, I'll borrow you. You're sitting near, near the end. And here's what you're going to do. You see, listen, I, I need to do this. You'll get it. But <clears throat> it's amazing grace. How sweet the sound. That grace saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Everybody get what's going on here? I mean this. I mean this. Find somebody. You say, I don't sing well. 
Guess what? God doesn't care. Watch, watch, watch. You say, well, that's not the kind of person I am. Well, guess what else? That's what God is trying to make you, not the person you am. So you get a chance to be something you am not. You get a chance to just step up, look at that person and say, look, I I don't sing well. This is not like me. But I I need to do this because I want thankfulness to triumph over my life right now because I didn't realize that I had allowed negativity to become my new addiction. And all addiction does, according to the Bible, is destroy. Thankfulness launches grace in my life and brings life. Woo! Come on. Matter of fact, if you want to, go find the most negative person you know. Don't even tell them why. See, because it says we can set it in the mind of others. So that's a good... And so, Here's an even more fun one. <laughs> well, I got three people already. I'm going to call on the phone and sing to. That negative person, you say, hey, 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 listen. This may not make any sense to you, but let me... Just trust me. You need this way more than you have any idea. Amazing grace. Okay. <laughs> and they would start thinking, you lost your mind. That's okay. That's okay. What if your song of praise has the power to set it in the mind of another? We just read that. To set in the mind. That's what it means. All right? Father, I love you. I praise you. I pray that there would be some singers before we leave this building today. <laughs> that would turn and sing to one another. And they would launch grace in their heart, shatter the addiction of negativity that has the final word on their life and say, I refuse to give my circumstances the last word and certainly it won't get my song. We're thankful on this Thanksgiving Day weekend. Father, may grace be launched into our life. May it shatter the chains of negativity around us and may we begin to see possibilities that we didn't see before. I love you. I praise you. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give the Lord praise right now. Thank you for joining us for the New Hope Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit newhopeonline.com.